If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump for 15 minutes, me and my beloved co-hosts have a fun discussion. We talk Ooh, about we're beloved. Justin's chicken run. Yeah. Yeah, it's cardio. Uh, <laughs> I just run with the chickens. Uh, we talk about household like Rocky. chores and how- Does I'm, Sal or Adam do any? I'm the only one that does them now. <laughs> and Have t- you ever got your hands dirty? And then, of course, we talk about keeping peace in the home. Hopefully, when this episode airs, we still have it. Yeah. Uh, then we get Don't into the, listen. Uh, oh, and we also mention our sponsor, Organifi. We talk about their green juice- which is actually delicious. Can you use it for intro workouts to build hella muscle? Uh, <laughs> the Inception workout. Probably not, but it's still delicious. <laughs> Anyhow, if you go to OrganifiShop.com, enter the code MINDPUMP, you'll get, uh, I think it's 20% off. It is. Pretty much anything you want to get. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, how do we enjoy the holidays without compromising our health and fitness? I just get really drunk. Yeah, what do, what do we do so that we don't leave the holiday looking like Santa? <laughs> Next question was, uh, what are our thoughts on intra-workout foods and drinks? If you think I made up that word intra-workout, I didn't. The supplement industry did. The next question was, what is your guys? What is our method for retaining information? So if we read something and we want to remember it so we can recite it on the show, do we just look it up on our Google phones? Marijuana do we- does not help this. <laughs> or- I have a chip in my head. Uh, no, there are techniques, though, that will help you. Finally... What advice do we give a new gym manager with regards to training trainers? Should they just teach them all new exercise programming or should they give them total freedom and have anarchy in the gym? Find out in this episode. Also, are you an athlete? Do you want to be a sexy athlete? Are you neither, but you want to be both? We offer the Sexy Athlete Bundle. This includes MAPS Aesthetic and MAPS Performance melded together. So it's basically two separate fitness programs that we've designed. One of them is called MAPS Aesthetic. It's designed to train uh, you know, stage presentation athletes like bodybuilders, physique competitors, people who are really concerned with you know, getting symmetry uh, to their physiques. Then we also have MAPS Performance, which is a program for athletic performance. So it's different in how they're programmed. But what we've done is we've taken both programs, which seem on two sides of the spectrum, and we've combined them and melded them so that we've created the sexy athlete bundle, the aesthetics with yeah. the performance. So you look good, but uh, can you move good? Exactly. Uh, and it's discounted massively because we've bundled them together. If you're interested in this program or you want to look at some of our other ones, go to mindpumpmedia.com. Can you tell us about the process of the chicken run that you, what do you call a chicken prison in your, in your, chicken in your Insta prison. story? Yeah. Did, you built it all out. I did. I, I took I took it it took me like maybe three weekends. Did you do that solo or did someone help you? No, I just did it by myself. Oh, he did that Han solo, bro. Yeah. Oh Han solo. <laughs> Pretty legit. So what yeah, what's what's going down with that? Like first of all, well done. The Thank construction you, sir. it's to keep him to shit yeah. stop shitting on his deck, I think. Yeah, man. I mean that's honestly it's that and it was because I saw Courtney was trying to figure it out and she was like kind of looking online and and, and and looking at posts she was and like how to it? set posts and all this kind of stuff and I was just like, <laughs> like no let me do it you know? she was gonna build it yeah she, she, I think she's really figured out how to 
Get manipulate you to me. Oh, dude, I already <laughs> yeah. know what she does is the same thing Katrina does. Like she if, totally gets like halfway there and like almost starts ordering it and all. That. I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Katrina does the same when the, when there's something around the house that she wants done. Yeah, and like she keeps reminding me, like, hey, could you fix the light fixture? This and that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get all she to has it. to do is start doing it. Yeah, then mm-hmm. she'll start. She'll start doing it. And then I just know I feel like a so piece you got to do what you I can't used to be do. a man and sit down and watch your woman you gotta change. Do, you like gotta, I'm like, you are you serious? Like you're building something and you're not involving me. Not gonna happen. You got to do what I used to do. It's because you guys are you just your egos. Are, you're, you're like, <laughs> of course, like, it's my ego, yeah. dude. You got to do what I, I used to do. I would never build a chicken run. Like I give two shit. Do what I used to do. Bro. Salad powers them. Yeah, like, great job, yeah. honey. Oh yeah, oh, that's nice, oh, honey. Thanks, yeah, honey. Let me eat your you, sweat rag. Yeah, let me, can you turn it down though? Like, don't do the drill so much. I can't watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from me, the guy that's divorced. <laughs> <laughs> my method. Solid advice. My, <laughs> yeah. My methods are effective. <laughs> Indeed. I was like, wow. At, look, at being single. I was like, right wow, now. look at her mow the lawn. That's pretty good. <laughs> wow, you're really getting a lot of back sweat yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Take a nap. I'm, yeah. Bro, I'll be the first to admit I'm worst around the house, man. I'm terrible with that stuff. I really am. I just, and I don't know what, it, I don't know what it is because it's a kid. We had, to do, we had all these chores, dude. I had fucking chores up the ass all the time, man. It was crazy. Yeah. I, my, my parents were smart. They, they had us to treat us like slaves. They had my sister and I cooking and cleaning like, ooh, we need some more workers and vacuuming and mowing like you know that, that pop was, them out that was it was like this yeah. strategy it was like let's just have all these that's kids that's a terrible strategy it was a, <laughs> you know how expensive children are yeah you yeah. can hire someone for way less yeah, i totally. think that's what they weren't thinking they didn't th- child they didn't think it all the way through that's what i'm yeah. saying yeah. <laughs> they didn't think it sometimes all i look at my kids i'm like damn yeah, you, you're expensive. Yeah, all, oh. my, all my paycheck. Goes Dad, to you. Dad wants his new car. Dad Fuck. wants yeah. a new car. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> my kids start doing. Uh, they started doing their their chores now. My son will wash the dishes. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they make their bed every morning, which is pretty good. Way more than I ever did when I was at home. Yeah, I get them Way doing more. as like as much as I can think of. You know, I'm do like, you guys sweep this, wash my car? So do you I, did chores when you were a kid a lot. And Justin, did you do chores when you all were a kid the, all the time? Yeah. You did? Yeah, but I was always going after the ones that were outside. So it was chopping wood, loading wood, stacking stuff, building things. You know, I was like always trying to get out of the house. Because I did, I did go to work on my dad and stuff, but in the house, I did nothing. So yet understand is this 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 is a culture. It's an old school Southern Italian culture where, if especially if you're a boy, your mom does. In, in the, especially if it has to do with in the house, your mom does everything for you. Like I didn't even know how to open a bank account when I was eighteen years yeah. old. Like everything yeah, it ruins you. They do, and it did. Yeah. It ruined the fuck out of me. Yeah, like totally. I would, I wouldn't make my bed. I wouldn't clean my nothing. What I won't clean my. Oh, well, my mom would want to like fight all my fights. You know, with like my teachers and everybody. Like she'd come in like oh, a bulldog, just. I'm like, no. I would like selectively not tell her what happened. You know, some things at school because I know yes. she would come in with like guns blazing. Yes, I yeah. purposely wouldn't tell my mom shit because she would throw down. Yeah. So I had yeah, to be careful. Like that yeah, too. I had to be very careful. Now, yeah. when you when you got married, did that change at all, or because you married into an Italian woman, and it just, bro, it, she followed suit, probably just like your mother did, it, I would assume. It, for yeah, it took me a while to really understand and learn, like to to do. I was like clueless, dude. Like literally clueless. Now, like, is this something that you like? Would, I didn't know how to wash a it, dish. It's like so cute. Yeah, it's not. It's terrible. It's not. It's not. It's terrible. It's not. Now, you know you, what I used to do though. You, yeah. This is what I used to do when my mom would wash dishes. I still do to this day. If I eat over at my mom's house, when she after dinner, she'll get up and she'll start like washing the dishes, and then maybe my sisters will help put stuff away. Now I help and put things away and try and wash, and of course she swats me away. 
So then while she's washing dishes, I just kiss her and hug her while she does it. And she giggles. (laughs) 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 I squeeze the shit out of my mom. So does this, Uh, does this work with Jessica or have you had to change? Oh no, 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 no. I do. I do. I do a lot more now. It's just not, I live there too. It's just a strange, it comes from the old world where people had their role. So it wasn't like my dad didn't do anything. My dad handled all the stuff that had to do with outside or the cars or the stereotypical like manly, you know, man stuff. Right. So they definitely both did a lot. It wasn't like, you know, one was lazy and one, you know, did all the stuff. Right. They both did. It was like an agreement. Yeah. It's, they both did their roles. So that's where it kind of, kind of comes from. But today, like, you know, like I don't do my yard work. I mean, when I had my, when I, you know, when I was married, I had a house and it was like, I just hired someone to do my lawn and do that kind of stuff. If I need the car fixed, I go pay someone. So it was just, it was, it, it was strange. And I, under, I mean, now I take pride in it. The funny thing is, and this is, Really, really strange. I really enjoy doing shit around the house. Yeah. I actually enjoy it. Really? I actually, yeah, I do actually enjoy doing laundry and dishes and, and stuff like that. I almost find it to be meditative and therapeutic. So like while I'm doing it, I'm thinking or I don't know. It's very strange. It's interesting. Mm. Very, very interesting. But when I was a kid, yeah, no. No, but, now, was that something that it was just an easy transition for you? There was no, there was no growing pains that you went through from being a kid who didn't have to, who got all his shit done, then you got into a marriage or got into now a relationship where you, bro, you, growing pains. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, it's, that's what I'm, I'm fishing for. Part right? of the, it's part of the, part of the. I mean, it was a big struggle. It was a big struggle. It was towards the end of my marriage that I really started to. When did you take ownership and realize it was partially your own fault, right? Uh, uh, that 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 was partially my own fault. Yeah. When um, later on, much much later on, much later on, but there were you know I had my own resentment, so it was tough to see. You know what I'm saying? Because right. you see what the other person isn't doing or whatever, or if they're right. being a dick or whatever. But no, I mean now it's like I, I take I take pride in doing it, which is it's very interesting because again. I was brought up in that type of environment where my brother lived at home for so long and it was funny because we would be at family functions, you know, and my brother's like, you know, he'd be, God, how old was he when he moved out? He was in his 20s for sure. He was making plenty of money and people would be like, hey, when are you going to get your own house, dude? And he's like, why? He's like, I eat restaurant quality, like better than restaurant quality food. He's like, I don't have to clean anything. Free rent, and my mom would be right there, and she'd be smiling like, "Yeah, he could stay as long as he wants." For she was like, she'd be so happy. She would be so happy if he lived there until he got married. Like forty-five year old dude, she'd be so happy if he was there. Oh man, that's so funny. Isn't it hilarious? That yeah. is funny. I thought I've, I'm afraid for my mom and my my brother just moved back in with my mom. I'm afraid for the same thing because he's in his twenties right now. He came back from Colorado. My mom brought him in, and my mom's getting ready. She's engaged, and she has a, a marriage next year coming. So. I was like, you're crazy. What are you doing letting my 20-something-year-old brother move back in with you guys right now? Damn. And it moved in with a girlfriend, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man. Sealing the deal. You crazy. You guys are crazy. I sent like a text message over to my my mom's you know fiance now, right? And check up on him like every two weeks. Hey, bro, how you doing over there? (laughs) (laughs) How you doing with my crazy-ass family over there? Oh, I'm good. So what do you guys do around the house now? Do you guys do anything around the house What are your bad habits? that? Um, Like, What do you not do that you know you should probably do? I think let's talk about the positive first. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk about how good we are. Yeah, first. Let's talk about the stuff we do do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the first to get on the roof and fix stuff. And, in the house. Yeah. Oh, in the house. So, yeah, yeah like plumbing stuff. And, 
like electrical. Bro, and, why you got to be so like manly all the time? Like I build. I, I, I like find, to build stuff because I feel like I'm I'm doing something uh, substantial. You know, it, it's the little stuff that I'm. I have a hard time with like all the. It's the consistency. Did you, you know? change? I'm diapers? very inconsistent. Did you do a lot of diaper changes? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and, and that's what's so funny, like. Cause my dad and like his generation and all that used to give me all this shit about that, you know, like, uh, oh, I never had to touch, you know, diaper change and all that. I was like, well, you're fucking lazy, <laughs> you know, like there's nothing to be proud of, Dude. you know, like, I, I don't know, man. It's a different mentality. When, like when I was a kid, uh, who was it? Was it my sister? It might've been my sister. She was a baby and my mom went somewhere and my dad, she pooped and my dad freaked out. He's like, oh, sh- what do I do? So he's trying to change her diaper, couldn't figure it out, and ends up using <laughs> using duct tape to, <laughs> to tape the sides of the diaper. And my old my my sister, Classic. my other sister, who's older, because I have I have three younger duct siblings, tape right? Over everything. I have three younger <laughs> siblings. So the sister that's closest to me in age, she sees what my dad's doing, and she and she's a baby still. She's not a baby. She's still she's a child, right? So she must be. I'm trying to think how far in age she might have been seven or eight. And my, my, you know, my youngest sister was obviously a baby and she goes over and she goes, Papa, you're doing it wrong. And she like pushes my dad aside and she changed her sister's diaper. <laughs> That's great. She did the whole thing. Yeah. That's my, great. Yeah, my mom comes home. Oh, and, yeah. and now when I was a baby one time, my mom tells a story that I was, and she came home and I was just walking around naked. And I was, cause my dad's like, it's like, Hey man, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. And I put yeah. the newspapers on the floor. Everywhere. Newspapers. Let him run around like a, yeah, like like a little a, puppy. Yeah. So. So what do you do, Adam? Oh, man. Uh, He's all trying to change the subject. No, no. Uh, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> Katrina is, so I have I have a super wife at home, so she she pretty much handles everything, everything and anything. There's not much that Katrina does not handle, but being in fairness to myself, right? I'm, she, I'm sure she would defend me and be like, that's not true. You help out, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I think that she truly handles almost everything. She's out of the two of us. She's the most organized. I'm the most scatterbrained. But what I what I what I think I am good at, and what I do do is I'm very uh, very aware, and I pay pay close attention to her mood and her her day, and I know I know her schedule, so I know if she's had a long day, I know if she had a big meeting or she had something a lot on her plate, or you know if what she's doing for MP and stuff, if she's got a bunch going on, like if I recognize these things that she does, then I try and pick up the slack where I know that she, cause no, she, she was, she'll clean the house. She'll take care of the dishes. She cooks, she cleans, she does laundry. She handles all that stuff. I mean, we have uh, house cleaners that come every 10 days. So, you know, it's not like there's made, it's not like she's doing huge deep cleaning. Um, but you know, she'll, she pretty much handles most everything, even to the extent of if cars need to be fixed, she's the one who sets the appointment. I typically go pick it up or take it there or pay for it or whatever, but she handles booking it and setting the the calendar up for me, but what I what I do do is I'll pay attention to you know what's going on in her life, and I'll relieve her of the things that she normally would do because I see mm-hmm. she's got she's she's caring a lot you know that's so, all I'm yeah I'm always thinking like that because you just can see opportunities to kind of help and I think that's that's the biggest thing if like she's like frazzled from having the kids and they're in a certain kind of a mood, you know, I just take everybody and I leave and give her peace in, in harmony for a couple hours right. or like, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have gotten better. I've been bad about, um, you know, dishes and, um, vacuuming and stuff like that. 
but um, I've I've really made an effort, a concerted effort to, uh, right after everything's done, just attack it and not even think about it. Just I'm talking and I'm doing stuff, and that's really helped. And I've been a lot more consistent mm. with it, and it totally changes the atmosphere of the entire house. Yeah, so. I I try and do my best to be proactive. Of course, there are yeah. some times where. Um, and you know, I could probably count on one or two hands and all the, all the time we've been together where, you know, I could tell she was irritated with me cause maybe I wasn't helping out enough around the place. So it doesn't take, it doesn't take that much for me to notice when, you know, she's not her normal chip herself or she's got a lot on her plate or she's stressed. And you know, it, the only time it's really tough is if we both happen to be going through at the same time. And this is, those are those times. If there's ever a time where she's just like, God damn, could you fucking help me? Yeah. And it kind of gives me that shit. It's because I've got a ton of stress in my life, a bunch of shit on my plate, and then she does too. So yeah. it's like, or else I that's would be on top. Yeah. And that's, and there's been a handful of times that, you know, that's happened. But in our relationship, you know, if she doesn't complain, she doesn't bitch, she doesn't ever do things like that. So if she does, then I know it's she's overwhelmed and that's a lot because it mm -hmm. takes a lot to push her to that point where she feels the need to ask me like, hey, dude, could you fucking help me out here with this stuff? I'm fucking buried in laundry. I've got this going on. I got to do this for you. I got to yeah. do that. And then it's like, my bad. That's know? why I know exactly. It's it's almost the same thing. But it's all about like <laughs> trying to get her to hang out with her friends and, and go do things that she enjoys, you know, outside. So it's not like... It's this identity of like, I'm just mom and I'm stuck here and, you know, and I'm just doing all this shit. And it's like, no, 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 get out, enjoy yourself, do something. I'll just like take over. You know? and, and I know for the, the other thing, too, that I know that's really important in keeping a healthy home and healthy relationship for us is just I and it's I've never trained myself like this until her to uh, be proactive about just little things like going out for a walk after dinner and doing shit. Like, I didn't do shit like that before. That wasn't a part of a relate anything in a relationship that I had before where I was like, you know, we can really easily get caught in the hustle and bustle of keeping the house, the bills going, the business going, all the stuff going on with both of us that, you know, uh, and I know that stuff really goes a long way with her. And I think in just women in general is quality time and making the time to do something that is just kind of like, eh, whatever for a guy, like go for a walk. Like this just doesn't, that's just not very much fun or very cool or very challenging, but just getting it out of the house, walking down the road with her, you know, on a nice night or whatever like that. <clears throat> I mean, last night we did it with her mom. That's, I know those, those things to her, like me doing that is so much more important than me you know, folding the the most recent laundry that just got done. She listens to the show, right? Yeah, every episode. She's gonna, <laughs> you get a text afterwards. <laughs> Actually, Whatever, yeah, yeah. now that you're bringing you bring it up, any of that, yeah, yeah. why don't you do the laundry too? Uh, oh, she definitely she holds it down, man. No, no doubt. She's she's. I've said it on the show before. She's the rock for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> My wife doesn't listen, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> bring the chicken. <laughs> being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. First question is from Keep Up With M. Way. How do each of you enjoy the holidays without compromising your health and fitness goals? How do you tweak your diet and fitness routines leading up to the holidays? And how do you sustain those routines through the holidays? Yeah, the, the way I view holidays is uh, 
first and foremost, when you're talking about total wellness, health, fitness, all these different things, there are a lot of components that make up that make that up. It's not just physical performance, although that's in there. It's not just you know body fat percentage and a lot of stuff, but that is in there. It's not just um, you know physical health. There's also mental health and emotional health, uh, and some people would even say spiritual health. And that uh, you know all of that uh, um, is very very important. There isn't one piece that's more important than the other, and if one falls down or if one is uh, bad, it will um, take its toll on the others. And sometimes the others have to kind of, you know, pick up the pieces or or support those other ones in, in supporting roles. So the way I look at holidays is holidays for me is really to feed my emotional health, the, the health I have with my connections with families and friends. So that's the priority. So Christmas comes once a year, Thanksgiving comes once a year. When I'm at those events and, and I'm with my family, I'm not thinking to myself about my my fitness. I'm not thinking about my body fat percentage. I'm not thinking about any of that. What I'm thinking about is connecting with the people around me. Now, what you'll find when you go to your holidays with that mental, with that uh, that understanding, or at least with that um, that concept, you may find because this is what I find when I would go to these holidays, understand this is about my family. I find myself eating less of the cookies and sugary stuff and the stuff that I know normally would bother me anyway. Because you, you give yourself the approval to do that. That's it. If I when I was like super hardcore into fitness, I would treat those holidays as like free for all. Yeah. And then it become it, it went over. It, it, I just like, I ended up yeah, and I'd feel sick and I'd feel you know my stomach would hurt and I'd take a nap you know after dinner because I couldn't <laughs> breathe or whatever. Now when I go there and it's like it's about my family and friends, I'll enjoy a few things here and there, but it's not that big of a deal. And I enjoy them because someone made them homemade. I'm going to taste them. If it's not, it's not if it's store-bought cookies, maybe, maybe not, not big deal, but I'm there to enjoy the people around me. And when I I I found that since I've treat since I treat the holidays that way, it makes it a lot healthier physically as well. Ironically, uh, very, very different than what it used to be. So, I have uh, a bunch of different things here because I've actually I I competed one year the day after Thanksgiving, so I actually hopped on stage the day after. Th- I was driving Damn. down to the competition on Thanksgiving Day, so I didn't even have a Thanksgiving one year, and I'll never do that again. I did it because I thought it was a smart strategy, and I was completely wrong. I thought there's got to be nobody else. If you're a pro already, I thought all yeah, the I thought all the top pros. Everybody. Yeah, I thought all the top yeah. pros are at home. There's no way. Yeah, they're at home at Thanksgiving. Well, fucking 25 of them showed up with oh, me. Oh man, <laughs> all they're thinking, all like, thinking this the same. Is how we avoid it. Bunch of fanatics. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was totally wrong by that. I thought that was a really smart strategy. And do I you feel like oh I missed that Thanksgiving with my family? Now? Absolutely, I did. Oh, you know, man, that it sucks. was yeah. But I, you know, I learned a lot, and there was there's certain things that uh, I'll say that. Um, you know, this is how, like you, I agree, Sal. Like, so at that time, I made it work. I mean, fuck, could you imagine a more challenging time to compete at a competitive level than fucking Thanksgiving or the during the holidays? I mean, that was very challenging. And it was very doable. And I, I like to do things like that occasionally to stretch myself, to prove to myself that I have the discipline to you know, refrain from going overboard on foods and do things during the times when everybody makes the justification of, oh, I can, it's the holidays and I'm just going to fucking eat whatever. So I I enjoyed putting myself through that to prove that I have the mental discipline. And so it taught me a lot about that. Um, But with like Sal said, 
you know, the holidays really are, you know, it is, it's, it's a time for me to enjoy with my family. And because, because I don't compete anymore. And I, and I definitely remember sacrificing some holidays for sure. And birthdays where I was in the middle of com- competition mode and I just didn't get to have anything really. I had to be in my Tupperware, eating in my Tupperware. And th- that, uh, I didn't like that. And I d- would never want to do that long-term. I don't give a shit about how important competing is to, to me or whatever at that time going forward, it would not be something that I would sacrifice. Um, and, but there are some things that I do do, dude, I keep saying do do. I said, do do. I, like, yeah. I said, do do like two times today. Didn't I, I? I just got do do on the mind. <laughs> I don't want, yeah. I'm noticing what? the same thing. I'm like, it'd be, if I bring it up, it'll be so like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you did. So it's all good. <laughs> it's like, I just caught it. I was like, why did it come yeah. out twice like that in one episode? So much do do. So I do do what I do do is I, uh, I will set up the day like, okay, so I know Thanksgiving and most people I know for Thanksgiving, Christmas, all these holidays, normally the the big meal comes around between noon and four, right? Somewhere in that Mm -hmm. range. So I like to make sure that I either get a really good lift or get out and do some fasted walking and cardio and burn off some and just refrain from food until the big feast is coming. And then if I just enjoy myself and I'm mindful while I do it, because I don't really think that people do as much damage as they think they do on the actual holiday holidays. No, it's fucking all the spiraling down afterwards. Yes, people it's get the, so crazy about that. Yeah, it's not like you. Most people, I tell you what, especially if you do this, if you fast till the big meal and then you just fucking gorged. I mean, eat until they have to roll you out. What are you going to get? Five thousand, six thousand calories down? Maybe not. Yeah, I, I don't know how many people that can do that. Yeah, right. So you're, I mean, and you're not. So you're not going to put on a pound or two pounds of fat from one holiday meal. And calm down. Right. Like really, you just shove all that shit in your mouth like just one sitting like why don't you just eat like a reasonable person right so i i think you could actually god i think you can actually really enjoy your holidays enjoy you know all and you know so i do little things right like i do the walking thing the fasting i eat in the order of what's best for me so when i look at what vegetables yeah vegetables and meats first before i start going to the gravy and mashed potatoes and the breads so i i try and fill up on the things that are giving me the most value but then i don't neglect like, my, like if there is a dish that I just love that one of my, like my mom makes the most amazing, we have this recipe that's been in the family for a hundred years and it's stuffing and it's amazing. And I just, I'm not going without it. It's like going in my plate for sure. And I love her gravy. So mm. it, but I make sure that I eat the other stuff first and then I enjoy that. And it's like, mm-hmm. and then I get up the next morning and I don't start down the, the path that everybody does and have you know, fucking the marshmallow yams for breakfast, and then they wash it down with some fucking sugary you drink. You found that, like, you know, some of your filter is gone with being nice about certain foods. You know, like somebody like brought some Jello with a bunch of marshmallows on it and shit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not eating that. <laughs> you know, like, like I'm not eating that. That doesn't interest me. It's not even good. Yeah, my mom. Like, like, so- this is not salad. Yeah. So, you know, like, so stop calling it salad. We my mom celebrates Thanksgiving on different on a different day because we have this blended family and she just finds it easier to I think I think so November 11th is our Thanksgiving with my family. And Katrina texts my mom and said, you know, what would you like would you like me to bring a dish or this or that? And my mom says, like, yeah, could you bring over a um, marshmallow salad or what's it called? It's called something like I that, right? Know, yeah. Jello, 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 Jello marshmallow salad or whatever. Yeah. And Katrina's like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. What does your mom want me to make? <laughs> 
I'm like, she gave you Jello marshmallow salad. We're not gonna eat that. Tell her no. I'll it's, tell her. Uh, it's a else. sugary dessert that identifies as it's a salad. Li- it's yeah. literally yes. It's literally. J- <laughs> <laughs> it's a new pronoun. Yes, We're throwing it in there for Christmas. Yeah, yeah that one and then the, the, the sweet potatoes. Dad with the doesn't have to deal with enough. I'm just like, man, that's just that's just candy. So yeah, I, I think those th- these are little things uh, this year. Katrina's family. We we uh, we have a very very competitive basketball family game that we play so and that's after we eat so we'll eat and then do that so uh, honestly i can pretty much go to town on that day <clears throat> as long as i'm mindful uh the next days that follow i think that's where people really get caught up yeah, is man stay active yeah they Don't have the, a slug yeah enjoy enjoy the day enjoy your family but that, then the that's next it day. that's it because if you go in, if you you know the the following days, if you're just gorging yourself, it's no longer about the holiday. It's no longer about the people around you and the family around you. And the people that tend to have the worst relationships with these holidays are the super strict yeah. dieters year round. Yeah, and they treat this like this, you know, like a binge it's on the dr- whole. Yes, yeah, the whole cheat day mentality, and mm-hmm. that's why you know you don't hear us talk about cheat days like ever on the show, really, except in a negative kind of mm-hmm. you know context because it's. It is. It's. It's just this. This mentality where now everything, you know, all gloves are off, and I could just shove, you know, shovels of food down my face, and you know, oh wow, weird. I, I, I you know, I gained ten pounds this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, did, I sat around and just, you know, fell asleep and didn't do shit. Thanksgiving holidays and Christmas holiday, like the eating that goes on there, isn't that different than how I actually eat year round. Right. It's just that I actually get to have these amazing gourmet foods that my family make that are tradition because I still do the same thing. Like, you know, I will periodically have uh, low calorie days that lead up to a big calorie day. And I normally, I'll go enjoy a burger or something like that. That'll be like my, mm-hmm. you know, high calorie day where I'm enjoying these foods that I wanted. And Thanksgiving is basically the same. I'll, I'll treat so- yeah, ramp up your metabolism so you can handle like, you know, some of this. So, so. I'm smart st- uh, leading up to that. I'm typically the days leading up to Thanksgiving. I'm being very cautious of my calories and not over consuming leading into it. You know, fasting maybe that morning and moving around and being active, and then fuck, I'm having, a, I'm enjoying the shit out of myself, man. I'm not That's saying, it. I'm not saying no to anything that I really want to enjoy with my family while I'm sitting there eating. Yeah, and the, you know, as far as fitness is concerned, your workouts. I mean, there's really no reason to stop working out. Just keep working out. I, 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 it's funny that they that some people actually take that time off. Yeah, from their fitness as well, and I think those are the same people that view their training as a job or as a punishment or, you know, cause I don't stop working out cause I enjoy it. You so know, right. that's a really good point yep. because that's, that's the other piece that really gets everybody. It's the combination of fucking off the diet and all of a sudden not lifting. It's like the worst thing you could possibly do. Like yes. if you actually just kept your training routine up mm-hmm. and just was mindful that you might day. make use of those extra calories. Right. Sometimes yeah. right. I, we have a tradition every thing, every Thanksgiving where the day after Thanksgiving, we have the post Thanksgiving we named this years ago, post-Thanksgiving Guido Workout. Oh, Are you going to do that this year? Yeah, we'll do it next Are you year. you going to do it down in here? Uh, we might do it here or in my garage. You should do it here. But, uh, I sure. always have to cut our tree yeah. the, the following <laughs> No, day. so we, me and my cousins, my brother, we all meet together. There's anywhere between sometimes four, sometimes many as seven of us, uh, depending on who can make it. And the day after, we all meet together and we lift and we lift heavy. We talk a lot of shit. It's a, it's a bunch of ego lifting and joking and then we afterwards go and eat uh, a meal together and have a great time. So it's like a day we get to hang out together. And it's funny. We've done it now for 
this may be the seventh or eighth year in a row coming up and everybody's wives and girlfriend are just like, yeah, it's okay. It's, it's your guy time. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's yeah. cool. It's really, really cool. I look forward to it. <clears throat> I missed out last year. You did it. I wanted to come. I remember we had to go yeah. do something. I think I had to get a tree or something at the same time, I but I, I want to, I want you to do it down here so we could come That'd down. That'd be awesome. Next question is from Mark Wolves. Thoughts about intra-workout foods and drinks. You know that term intra-workout? It's, it's it, another- made-up one? Yeah. You mean that made-up word? Pre-workout, yeah. intra-workout, post-workout. What's next? Now we've sold you a supplement <laughs> for before, middle, and after. Yeah. If we could only break, up the, yeah, if we could only break <laughs> up the workout into quadrants. Then we have more. <laughs> Second quadrant supplement, third quadrant. <laughs> the thought of working out, I have to supplement. There, there are athletes out there, and there are types of training that may- benefit from intra-workout supplementation. Intra-workout uh, supplement is something you take during your workout. Who, endurance athletes? That's it. I was going to say. That's who, it. Who, who the hell else is going to That's it. And, and really, it's only endurance athletes that. that are training, you know, that are doing really, really long runs. Yeah. And that's why they have those goos and those easily digestible right. carbohydrates the only, or whatever. The only other place I could see this, and I did this, and I didn't do it the healthy way when I was a kid, but- I used to, and I, used to, you know, if I'm being completely transparent here, so I used to drink rock stars, those sugar loaded ones, in the middle of my workout. In the, the middle of your workout. In the middle yeah. of my workout. And the reason why, well, before my workout, I'd have about a, about an hour or two before my workout, I'd have a full meal, then I'd have a bar or a quick shake, and then I would also eat the sugar drink in the middle of it. And this was during my heydays of trying as hard as I could to gain weight. And as a trainer and in my early 20s, I was burning five, 6,000 calories every day consistently. And so I just had a hard time keeping up with calories. So I tried to find anywhere I could get these liquid, this liquid sugar or liquid calories. Uh, and so instead of just drinking just pure water my whole workout, I would go back and forth between sipping on a rock star to drinking water. Now, I say that in complete transparency, but I'm not recommending that you do that. But that's the only other place where I get where somebody would feel the need to do intra-workouts is if you really struggle with getting enough calories in your diet. And I so- almost feel like that would that would take away. I could see some sugar, but like food, you know what I mean? Or calories in the- it, well, or, Yeah, that would be know, tough to work out. That would be eat. tough, right? Yeah, to eat. I, I mean- <clears throat> I did it because dr- drinking would be easy. Yeah. I just- I, so here's the thing. Some, if you want to drink something that's got flavor, like, I mean, you can do that- um, but again, you know, water is your be- is probably your best option. I haven't done anything. I the Organifi green juice is pretty good. I could see maybe drinking that for a long, long oh, workout. I've, I've I've done that, but not with the intention of trying to get something out of it, right? Like I I actually enjoy the Organifi green juice. Like it's just a refreshing. It has that kind of minty flavor. It's you know I can put a lot of water in it, and it really waters it down. Mm-hmm. And I I've done that before. Where I'll I'll do like literally you know, 32 to 60 something ounces of water. So you dilute it. Yeah. So it's diluted and it has kind of a minty flavor to Mm -hmm. it. And I'm getting my stuff from my Organifi, but I'm not like, it's not like because you're trying, right. I would not tell like a client who asked me like, Hey, Adam, what do you think about intro? And I'd be like, Oh, take the Organifi green juice for your intro workout. And it's going to maximize your muscle gain. Like I wouldn't, it doesn't make a difference. No, I I like it. It's it's kind of a, it's kind of a, it's one of those categories of, uh, of supplements. It's kind of a myth aside from the endurance athletes, you're not going to really benefit from taking anything during your workout. Now, I know there are supplement companies, I'll tell you, drink branched acids, prevents muscle breakdown during your workout. Like, here's the thing with individual amino acids. <clears throat> when you take high doses of individual amino acids or just three, like the branched chain ones, you can throw uh, some things off in your body. And there, there is some evidence that high doses of branched chain amino acids has a depressive effect on some people 
Um, so and it might not be good. So if you're drinking, because I know some people that drink branched amino acids all day, <laughs> thinking it's going to make them build muscle, and then they feel down, and they're wondering why they feel down. It might be the BCAAs, but otherwise, you're 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 probably best drinking nothing. Maybe not even water. You know, you're already hydrated. Go in your workout and just do your workout. Unless yeah. you're doing these super long, grueling type workouts where you're going to have to, you know, replenish glycogen while you're training those are like super long that's a long yeah, that's like, like you're running 15 miles yeah. or 20 yeah, it miles it needs to be over an hour because yeah. you're not even getting you're not even threatening that at high you could do high intensity irrelevant for almost an hour otherwise. before you're even by, by the way you know you get an in you get a, a growth hormone spike from uh working out and if you raise insulin uh growth hormone drops they're both inversely related so drinking something that's having a bunch calories. of carbohydrates in the middle of your workout uh, unless again you need the carbohydrates because you're doing the super long workout like let's say you play like five basketball games in a row that's different but if you're lifting weights you want to kind of take advantage of that growth hormone spike it burns body fat does build muscle um Drinking the sugary things going to blunt that quite a bit, yeah. and, and you're going to get you know uh, an insulin spike. The irony instead. too is a lot of times the kids that are drinking are the same kids too that are pounding the the pre workout before too. So you're like, I'm trying to gain weight, so I'm drinking mm-hmm. this interest shake workout, but then I'm also doing a pre workout that's overstimulating my body before I go. You're going to need Gatorade to refresh me. <laughs> yeah, what a shit drink, by the way. I hate that they fucking the kids, parents give that to the, all the kids after soccer. Great marketing. It's like, oh, it's terrible. But no, um, yeah, you got your stimulate before. Let's spike some cortisol. Drink some sugar, you know, in the middle of it. So now we're going to spike up your insulin. Like, what a great combination. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Next up is Jeff Sherman, twenty two. What's your guy's method for retaining information? Oh, I forgot. I'm punching myself in the head. I used to have one. Well, let's ah. I, I, let's just say right out the gate, Sal's probably the best at this for sure. Yeah. I definitely think that you were- you What are your ways, a uh, wise one? There is- I, I don't have- uh, I don't necessarily have a method. It's If I'm really into something- have um, you, So have you always- Did you notice- where, where At what point in your life as uh, growing up did you put together that like you had this ability to- read something and then just remember it really well like when did someone finally tell you that or did you put it together like oh, well my, that, that it was abnormally good family members would be talking about a subject um and i would know something about that subject and then the, everybody would look shocked and they'd be like how did you know that and then my answer and everybody used to make they, they used to tease me about this because i used to always say i don't know i just know because i just i just did i remember as a kid i would know these things and I didn't piece it together that something I read earlier. As it got older, then uh, I started kind of thinking about this because people started pointing this out to me quite a bit. And um, it's funny, when I remember something, I actually remember what it looks like. I can remember the page, how I read it, and where it is. And I, I don't know if that's what helps me remember or if it's because, you know, because when I really get into something, I get so focused on it that it, it, it just, you know, I just Burns retain it very it, well. Yeah, into your brain. The, but I will say this, um, uh, I do know, so maybe that's my default, right? Maybe that's my, my baseline. So my baseline may be higher than, let's say, the average person for remembering things. But I have found, te- found techniques or things that I can do that brings it up even higher. And nothing is as effective for retaining information for me than when I teach it. If I learn something yeah. and teach it or talk about it, I have I will remember it. It becomes something. Yep. And, and, I le- and as a trainer, I learned this very, very quickly. <clears throat> I would read a topic, uh, you know, on a, on, on a, I'd read an article on carbohydrates or on gut health or on hormone or something like that. And because I was into that article, <clears throat> I would talk about it to my clients and teach it to people. 
And then that was it. Well, not only that, to take that a step further, like refining that message even more to present to like a kid. So like, you know, just just trying to explain um, very uh, natural things that that in the world and and that they have this curiosity about it. And they're asking you like a legit question about it. And I'm like, oh, my God, how do I explain this in a way that they're going to understand it? And it just... And then things click a little bit further for me. Like I just to get it to refine down to that level has really helped uh, like certain subjects and certain things. Like I, I understand on a greater level that way. I have a couple of things. Um, Sal nailed one right on the head for me for sure that um, I wasn't even thinking about till you said that. And this is, couldn't be more true to me and my personality. And even to the point where I've actually been teased, made fun of this. It's even something that we make light of on the show all the time. What I will do Anytime I learn something, especially if it like strikes a chord with me where I was like, oh, fuck, that's really good information. I will immediately regurgitate it. I will definitely say it. And and a lot of times I say it and I fuck it up and it doesn't sound as good as the, the first person who gave it to me or the first time I read it. Right. Because it's the first time that I've practiced saying it. It's like I yeah. just read something. I learned it. I thought, wow, that was really good information. Right away, I try and challenge myself to whether I share it with Katrina or family or friend or on the show or whatever it may be, I'll share that information. And sometimes like it flows right out. I retained it really well. And then sometimes I don't. And sometimes it comes out and it's all kind of messed up or I make up a word in there and it just doesn't flow right, just doesn't get processed. It's all messed up. Right. And so what happens after that, like people people would, would tease or make fun of me or give me a hard time about and I don't let it bother me. And I think that's where a lot of people, they, they learn or they read something or they hear something and they got the information, but because they're not confident that they can they can give it the same way they received it or they read it that they just keep it in there. And I think this is a major issue with bad communicators. I used to have really, really intelligent people that worked for me, PhDs, masters, brilliant minds, far smarter than I was. And it would blow my mind how poor of trainers they were. Mm -hmm. Because I thought, like, how does this guy who works for me, who has a much higher education and experience than I do, can't do as well at this job as I can when he's got way more information because he couldn't get it off his tongue. Yeah. He, 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 he well, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I feel like I'm a little bit slow to the party as far as like having to communicate verbally, like what I know. And um, that's been a real source of friction for me is starting this podcast and like getting it like, cause I could on a one on one on one level, I can coach and I can cue and that that's like my comfort zone. And uh, like even going through the academic process though, like I knew exactly what I had to do study wise, like look for on the test, I would scan. And I, it was like, I gamed the whole way that I would learn uh, because of what I expected to see and, and, and do well and excel uh, based off of what they were like quizzing me on. Mm -hmm. And so like some of my methods for school were totally different than what I do now. Like, I mean, for me to retain things, uh, I would study Till uh, whatever I, I whatever I was like memorizing late at night, uh, I would I would just I would repeat it over and over and over and over and over. And then first thing in the morning, I'd look over it once, and then boom, I had it. But I didn't retain it. Yeah. So you know, it's, you learn how to like you learn how to learn it just long enough to be just able to long it. enough. To, yeah, and a lot of people do that. I think what we're what we're really talking about right now is that, and I think this is generally true for most people is that humans tend to learn well through discussion. Mm -hmm. And this is probably because we evolved our ability to communicate verbally way before we ever evolved the abstract idea 
of symbolism and writing of you know and writing of re- and reading, mm-hmm. which is extremely abstract. People don't realize how abstract of a concept and what a mind blowing concept that was for a human to. You know, we, we drew pictures for a long time, but to write a symbol and to assign it a sound so that you can combine different symbols together to create a word, a that, is a, that is a, an extremely brilliant, abstract uh, way of thinking that obviously propelled mankind uh, forward, but it came much further along. Before that, it was all through discussion and song. Song mm-hmm. is the other thing. One uh, of the reasons why... It, they call it, it mnemonic uh, learning? Yeah, or? I mean, think about this, like... You can remember a fucking jingle or a song and know all the words to it. Yeah. Way easier than you can if you were just to read that list of words or whatever and without a tune behind it. Dude, way, I used way to do easier. that all the time, especially for organic chemistry. Like I would have to literally like sing a lot of the compounds like in my head so I could remember it because it was just like it just so many different things for me mm-hmm. to just memorize. Like I was terrible at memorizing things, yeah. but that totally helped. It all goes back to evolution and we evolved passing on information through song and through discussion. Do you ever th- And so if you want to retain information and you want to use hacks, like real hacks, these are real hacks. Like if you talk to memory experts, these are real things, is use song um, and discussion. And so when, when, I mean, I think when we're talking about how we learn it by teaching it, really it's discussion, right? It's yep. a discussion that's causing survival. I've also, I've had great success recently with the advice that I took from Tom Bilyeu and it, every time I do it, it trips me out that listening to uh, audio books at a faster speed actually helps me retain more. I would never think you that. Pay closer attention. It seems, yeah, it seems like it would be totally opposite that speeding the words up would make it annoying and hard to listen to and not be able to absorb it all. But because it's so fast, I can't be distracted by other things. I have to completely hone in and focus on what's coming in mm-hmm. because it's coming in so fast. But and it, so it forces me to hang on every word and repeat it in my head really quick, and then I, I tend to retain so much of it. Where it, now, if I listen uh, in a one speed, and it's just like the speed of us talking right now, it, I can trail off because I feel like You're I can thinking about other stuff. Yeah, I can on. I can listen I can listen and think about other stuff, which I feel like because of that, it takes away from the information that I'm listening to. So that was a big hack for me that it has helped me out, but. Hundred percent. The after you get information, uh, sharing it right afterwards, and and I think, yeah, it would be if you're in college, like you can even literally read a chapter and then call your friend and or your girlfriend or your boyfriend and and share what you just learned. Yeah, just talk to them about what you just read, which Mm. won't take you very long, fifteen to thirty minutes, but it's it'll blow you away. It'll blow you away how much more effective it is in the old way of you know trying to write things down and take notes. For sure, this is this is me all all the way. Like that's how I've had. And then, like I said, I just you're gonna fuck it up sometimes, and it's not gonna come out. Like you just can't let that make you feel insecure because, oh, it didn't sound perfect or I forgot this stat or like that. It's like, you know, sometimes when you practice, you know, sharing information after you've just learned it, sometimes you will, you'll You're free- fleshing it out. Yeah. And what I would do, what I would do is every time I would do that, right. Cause there, it's inevitable. That's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to read something that's kind of, a, maybe it's a heavy topic and I'm going to miss some things. Mm-hmm. Then that makes me want to go dive back into it. Right. So I share it mess a few things up, make me go back, relearn it again. And then by that time, it's like, it's completely. The, the other thing too, I want to touch on before we even move to the next question is uh, when it comes to retaining information, sometimes you have to make space for new information. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean you need to forget something else. Literally like, you know, I got to erase you know, my brain so I can, but what I mean by making space is if your 
mind is preoccupied with, uh, you know, uh, you know, anxiety or stress, and you're having repetitive thoughts about something, or you're just stressed out about the day or whatever. If you can't handle that, it'll be very difficult for you to remember anything. So sometimes sitting quietly, meditating, going for a walk, doing things that kind of make space Mm -hmm. will help you retain the information. I wonder if we all have this individual ability. in walking too really helps me. Mm. That's That's actually, that's a good idea. Yeah, moving. Yeah, moving Moving. and doing stuff is actually huge. Yeah, because what uh, I forgot, I was talking to somebody and they they were talking about how when you're moving your body, you're preoccupying certain parts of your brain, mm-hmm. and it allows the other parts to be more open and free to remember. And that's why it's a creativity tool, tool uh, too. You ever notice how you come up with some of your best ideas while you're doing things or moving? Mm-hmm. Same thing. I was fascinated with. I mean, I just read not that long ago in this uh, this new book that I'm reading, Subliminal, about that 95 percent of the information that we download in the day is actually subconscious, and we don't even realize mm. it. Like, so that's that's 95 percent dude so it's most everything. most the information our brain is downloading and processing we it's subconsciously Bro, happening you're you are literally this freaks me out but mm. you are literally living in a tiny piece of what's really happening right i know that's so you're, you're not know, even processing it like i bet you we don't even see like a fraction nope. of what's in front of us no no, no, no no not at all i mean right now there's a part it's of my tricky. eye that's looking at something over the left right now it's downloaded that information yeah. and, it, and it's processed there's a guy it, in a clown suit like the whole time right there. <laughs> right. well it's it's fuck it's pretty crazy but yeah shit's happening all, all around you and you're so unaware well of what's this is you're my li- you're living in a dream this is my theory on <laughs> why when you go places like yosemite or you go to these like what they say Say, take your breath away type scenery places it's just is like it, overload well it is it's yeah. it's how often are you in a space where from completely everywhere from the left to the right to the top to the bottom you're paying attention you're paying attention yeah. and you're downloading beauty like that's just rare when you think about it that's what makes i think the take the breath away part because we're so used to like this the scene that we're sitting in right now okay we got 600 and something episodes deep in this i've seen doug over there a million times i've seen you there there i've seen all these things in here so it's not take your breath away it's like i've already downloaded and Sometimes processed i'm this. wearing something that uh, <laughs> might take your spice it up justin yeah. right come I'll on man that's, i think that's a challenge actually next question is from get fit with miranda what advice would you give to a new gym manager with regards to training trainers do i go in and change the way they train or do i introduce them to maps programming and hope they take from it Allowing them freedom. So a new gym manager, freedom. This is a tough question right here. Very tough question because on one hand, when you first walk into a gym, you need to set the tone immediately. Fire everybody. (laughs) No, you need to set the tone immediately because- I used to say that. When you first walk into a gym uh, or or a business or managing- Your own culture. And you're all of a sudden like this super nice and I'm going to be- Very hard to be an asshole after that. Very hard to get hard after that. If you walk in and you're like, "All right, here's the deal. This is what's happening." There's a, it afterwards. It's it's you can be you can throw that out every once in a while. You can bring that up, but the other side of it too is you want to develop a good connection with these people. You want to earn their trust. Now with trainers, really, if you want to spend a lot of time with them in in ways that are going to see that they're going to see a huge impact in how they train and and how they build their business, you're going to focus a lot of time on how they communicate far more than how they train. However, it is important. I used to notice this as a, as a manager. I would do for every, I would do, let's say I did 10 meetings a month with my trainers. It would be, you know, I don't know, six would be on communicating better and organizing your business and all that stuff. 
but four would be on better training. And the reason why I would put those four uh, those four, uh, you know, meetings for better training was, of course, I want to teach my trainers, but because they loved it. That was the second one. They didn't necessarily get a huge amount out of it, like they would, at least if they were good, uh, like they did with the communication. But I did it because trainers love those meetings. Trainers are usually, you have them come in and you're going to talk about communication. They're like, I don't care. I just want to train people. Um, so that's those are the, those are the, my pieces of advice. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit different. I'm gonna tell you to fire everybody. I'm fucking serious too. And I wish I remember what book I can give you. <laughs> they're going to get fired. I, they're going to get themselves fired the next day. <laughs> but Adam said to fire well, the whole staff. Y- y- let, me, let me tell you, I, I wish I remember the book to, to you reference. You have to do that sometimes. Uh, I'll try. Th- well, most times. Matter of fact, 90% of the time, you will have to fire. And here's the deal. And, I, and that's so tough to tell somebody who's going into the position you're going into right now because, of course, that sounds scary as fuck to go in and handle a, a facility and then you're going to let go of everybody. And obviously, you can't fire everybody on the same day right away. But eventually, more than likely, if you're going to be very successful at what you're doing, they'll all end up probably being your people down the road. And think of it like this. And I don't know if you're a parent or not. I'm not, but I can still give this analogy. That coming into a gym, and this is something I'm very familiar with in adopting a uh, somebody else's staff, <laughs> is like being a mom or a parent and taking on 15, 17-year-olds that are somebody else's kid. That's what you got. You just got you just inherited 15, 15-year-olds that were somebody else's kid and now you got to teach them life. And imagine is it possible? Sure, there's some people that were cut out for that. There are some people that could take somebody else's children, a whole bunch of them with different personalities that you didn't raise and get them midway through their life and actually make an impact on them. I absolutely think that's possible. But it is fucking rare, and the likelihood of it is very small. Most of them have they they are going to have what they have learned from the, the the manager before and potentially before that that has really shaped and formed them into the trainer they currently are right now. And that is really tough to do when you're coming in to lead a facility and you want to create your own culture. So, and for the first half of my career, I didn't do this. The first half of my career, I came in. And I could outperform the guy or girl before me because I just had this ability to come in. I had a lot of energy. I was really talented at, the, the, at my own job. And I basically had this idea of, I'm going to come into this club and I'm going to run so fast. These trainers have never seen a, a boss before run at this level. And the few there will be a few that will be inspired by it. And they'll jump on board with me. And then together, the three or four or five of us would crush goal and we would have a successful business. And then the rest of them would would eventually wean themselves or weed themselves out. Or I would end up self-imploding because I'm just trying so hard to carry this on oh, this entire thing on my back. It wasn't until later in my career, and I can't remember what book it was that made the difference for me, where I, I, I in there suggested that, you know, you if you're going to be successful, they've got to be your people and your culture. And it was one of the scariest things I ever did was to come into a facility and fire uh, and I didn't do it on one day. I, I ended up letting go. I had 20-something trainers, and uh, I got rid of 15 within the first three months that I was there. And I kept the first, the major solid four or five that uh, you know definitely got scared when they saw people getting let go of. And uh, I had a rough month or two because I'm understaffed. And But we didn't really take that much of a dip. It was pretty surprising for how much... Uh, I cut as far as staffing was, we still maintained about the same revenue they were doing with without the 15 trainers. And then once I got my people, people that I hired, that I trained, 
um, it, then it was so much easier to run the facility. So I know that sounds harsh to come in and do that, but the sooner you get your people and the sooner they're, they're yours and you, cause imagine now, if you, honestly, but we got to give them some advice on how to make that, uh, manageable because you can imagine someone walking into a gym, it's owned by someone else. Right. They can't, maybe they can't fire everybody. That sucks. Yeah. So, but what you can do usually is replace them. And what I mean by that is bring some on board yeah. and then slowly bring others. And right. Start Actively. And, yeah. You know, you're fine. You're looking for the replacement. Which, which that should be right away. Yeah, start I'm recruiting. If I'm, if I'm being handcuffed by upper management, which I've been in this situation too, where you're kind of new and they're not going to let you come in. They think you're crazy. You're going to come in and fire everybody. Uh, and they're saying no way you can do that. Then, like Sal said, I'm I'm out looking for everybody's replacement right away. I'm not, and I think this is a mistake that uh, uh, managers make when they come in. Is they come in, they try and mold the staff that's currently there and mm-hmm. change them and motivate them and get them to run instead of running their programs. Now they're running maps. It's like all you're gonna get. You're gonna get people that hate you for that. Yeah. They're gonna push back on you. Trainers have major egos, so trying to tell some smart oh, trainer yeah. how he's gonna program or how she's gonna program. You're looking for a, a lot well, of Well, they'll, they'll get a lot of, you know, what's going on based off of that. Like you're putting all this attention into these new trainers you're bringing in and you're, you're you know, you're really taking your time to, to develop a, what kind of a culture you want with this person. And they'll see that and they'll watch it because, like you said, it's it's just not it's not something that uh, people that are already there that have their own way of doing things. It's such an ego driven job for the most part that a lot of these guys are going to give like nothing but pushback the entire time so just kind of build your little army and then you know you never know you might actually get some of those like smart trainers that will see what you're doing and and start contributing well do you do you remember do you remember that you went through this Mm -hmm. with me so when i hired you uh, you and nick at hillsdale and i took nick you and karan Mm -hmm. is that all and ronnie right yeah Nick, you, Karan, and Ronnie. Well, Ronnie all, came later, but yeah, he was I like came, hurt. I came. For, I took all four of you from Hillsdale with me to Santa Teresa, and that was it. I had four people that were mine. That were all people that I hired, trained, and developed from the beginning. And Justin was part of this. I then they then put me over in Santa Teresa, so it's a brand new club. They had like fifteen trainers. I'm coming over with four of mine, yeah, and you hired like ten of their trainers. And right? what yeah. ended that? What ended the, the staff that was killer? Were any of them left? I don't no. think we had any. None I think of them. We had left. like maybe one, but yeah. yeah. And what we ended up doing was just I, you know, I came over, so I already had four that kind of knew my philosophy, that had my culture, and and I would I then slowly started to get rid of all. The yeah. Other now trainers. that I think about it, I've, I've definitely uh, I definitely would fire at least. Two or three. That was probably the average. Two or three walking into a gym, but you know, I I I was a GM for a lot longer than I was an FM, so I'd have these, you know, these big staffs, and I would place pressure on the FM sometimes to make some of those decisions. Who's the fitness manager to 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 get rid of the trainers? Uh, because as a GM, um, I had to be careful sometimes with how you take away, you know, some people's powers. And if you did have a good another good leader in your gym, like if I had you, shit. And that would have been an amazing team because now you've got you've got you know some powerful leaders in the gym. It wouldn't it wouldn't be a problem. But uh, you know one thing I used to do when I used to train the trainers uh, for training or for exercise is it wasn't so much. Sometimes it'd be a seminar, but I, and I, but it would be something that I would teach that I knew that they'd never heard of. But other times it would it was a discussion, and we'd sit down, and I'd have a trainer that I knew was really good at whatever, whether it be Olympic lifting or correctional exercise, and they would teach the class. And then people would learn and listen, and I mean, and then it, you would see some you would see some excitement come out of that. 
if, but if, if I could go back and be in the, her shoes, I think it was a girl, right? In her shoes and Miranda. my mind pump existed, 100% this yeah. is what I would do. Totally do this. Because there's no way I'm going to be able to come into a, a, a staff of trainers and tell them how they're going to program their clients. They would fucking throw a fit. Like talk about shaking their world upside down and get, getting a lot of enemies right away. But if that's my desired outcome, like if, if my true desired outcome is I do want all these trainers teaching maps because I do know it's superior and the clients will get more results. How do I go about that? Well, what I would do, especially since you're a listener, is when you come across episodes that really strike a chord or that really make a lot of sense to you and we, we convey that message really well or potentially better than how you could potentially convey it to your clients is I would assign it. I was like, I would assign listening to it. And I would, and then I would say, Hey, you guys, here's, here's an episode. I want you to a podcast episode. We have a meeting next Friday. If everybody sometime between now and then listen to the, and then we'll, yeah, discuss it it. And then we'll discuss it. Yeah. Perfect. Right. And then, yeah, you just, perfect. then you have an open discussion about it. Then it's, you know, then if they, what you're doing is you're empowering them. And you're also stimulating uh, growth. Right. Because now everybody's discussing fitness. They're talking about concepts. They're talking about, you know, different ways of training people and you're going to have some debate in amongst your trainers right and it's going to just it's going to get everybody just to kind of you know grow from there so and, learn from there. And, and that strategy reminds me of one that i did uh probably eight years in or so into my career and we had what we used to call a fitness budget where i was uh allocated you know uh, $5,000 a month of revenue that I could spend on my trainers, which what we call floor hours, where they would walk the floor and try and book people. Well, you know, the idea is that that $5,000 of floor hours would then convert into $10,000 of new business if I managed my staff correctly. And so at this time, I, I was really focused on education in my, in my facility because I had just recently seen a stat in the company that for every national certification that a trainer got, that they're, they're uh, um, uh, what do you call that? How long they stayed in the company for? The retention. retention. Yeah, their retention in in the company was, you know, it would, every national cert added one to three years. Yeah. And if they had three national years, uh, certifications or more, which would consider them back then a master trainer, they uh, their amount of revenue they produced, the amount of hours they served, it was so mind-blowing to me. I was like, how did this information just now make its yeah. way to me? I remember I, when you did that and uh, how powerful that was because- now what you're doing is you're emphasizing like how they can improve, be better. But also like one thing I did remember when, you know, you're managing us was uh, just always pointing out like holes of where you could be making money and monetizing off of that. And that was one of those things. Like if you had, uh, you know, X amount of certifications, now you're at this level of pay grade. And right. it's just like, it was like a no brainer, you know, like, but a lot of these trainers, they just get into their own little, um, you know, like, like they create their own environment and they don't like consider all these different ways to, to, to maximize what they're doing in there. So, yeah. so we, I literally, uh, paid the trainers to study, which was totally against the rules. I wasn't supposed to be able to do that, but if it was, you think about it though. Why not? I know. Right. Yeah. So that's, right. I mean, the business mind of mine, I'm going like, it makes total sense to do this because it's going to be worth it. You know, so totally fireable what a, offense. Yeah. Right. For reals. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, that's, Obviously, I made in a your, corporate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, in a corporate setting, I, I could have easily been. If that was anybody else, I'm sure they could have got fired for that same situation. So I'm not telling you to go do something to get you fired. The point of the story, though, is what an impact it made, and, I, and my desired outcome was to get them all more educated. Had I gone about it by saying, "Get your national certifications," which I had been preaching that for years before, nobody did it. So what I did was I provided a place every Friday, and it was two hours. 
and I would and I had two of my trainers that were already master trainers. They both had their degrees. They all they all had na- they had three national certifications. They taught the other trainers the first level of certification, and then the, after they got the first level, then they taught the second level. And so it was them teaching each other and learning and getting paid to learn and get themselves paid more. And it just, after that staff, it was, we were unstoppable after that. That was probably. That's a, yeah, it's team know, building right yeah, there. Huge. Absolutely. Check it out. Go to YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mind Pump TV. We post 365 videos a year. Holy Oh my smokes. gosh. Nobody comes close. Also, if you go to mindpumpmedia.com, we offer 30 days of information, of fitness information for free. We call it 30 Days of Coaching. Go check it out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.